are back on afternoon. Happy Monday. A very sad day for our nation and the world. They mourn with us. I'm Leslie Marshall. Joining us in this hour is a friend of mine, someone I'm proud to call a friend, Hussam Ailoush is executive director of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, CARE. He's been the director there since 1998. He frequently lectures on Islam, media relations, civil rights, hate crimes, and international affairs pertaining to American Muslims. Obviously, what transpired in Orlando yesterday, that massacre, hate crime, and terrorist attack um, by Omar Mateen, a member of the Muslim community, uh, born here in the United States in New York, parents are from Afghanistan, uh, definitely comes under the umbrella of that. Uh, Hussam Ailoush, thank you for joining us, Hussam. More than a pleasure to have you back on the program. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be on your show. There's so much I have to ask you. Um, First of all, you know that my husband uh, is uh, Muslim-American, and on Sunday morning when our kids were in the room, my husband dropped an F-bomb, and he doesn't normally ever do that in front of the children or use that language. And then he showed me the New York Times headline on his phone. Um, Being that you are a Muslim and a leader in the Muslim community, Hussam, We've talked about this before, but what's the first thing you feel when you see that this has happened and it has happened by a man with a Muslim name who is Muslim, regardless of where he's from or where he's born? Let's just start with that. Absolutely. I mean, for me, it is complete disgust. I feel disgusted. I feel devastated because, one, the the extent of the crime itself, 50 innocent people lost their lives. I, I can, you know, just. I can only imagine the pain, the sorrow, their families, their loved ones are going through now. No words can express that and describe it. But also the fact that it's done by someone who should have known better, someone who's a Muslim who knows that Islam puts the most sacred thing that Islam puts on this life is human life, because it's something given as a gift by God. No one, no one has that right to take it away from anybody else, and and especially not in such a senseless way, and, and completely unjustifiable, inexcusable way. So when we hear, when, when I hear these crimes, whether it's here in our own country or anywhere else, committed by people who claim to be Muslim, it, it shakes me because uh, I, I, I know this, this goes completely against what I, what I and 1.6 billion Muslims, almost all of us, believe that Islam is to, to, to us or what it means to us, and that is valuing that sacred life. Uh, Islam is the fastest-growing religion in the world. Is that correct, Islam? It is in the world, and, and, and actually even in the West, including our own country here. It is, in the, in, the, yep. in the United States. Speaking of, my mom and I were talking um, when I was driving to the studio um, about uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump's speeches, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but she said that um, she had heard about some kind of a march that was going to take place in D.C., and she said that she sees more and more leaders in the Muslim community, such as yourself, on national television, is hearing them on radio. She says it seems like more leaders in the Muslim community and more Muslims are getting out there, standing in line, giving blood, being part of the candlelight vigils, being on programs like you were on CNN earlier, uh, you're on uh, you know, with me uh, today. Is it that we, we have more response from the Muslim community, or is it just more media is covering that, and this response has been there since 9-11? The reality is that the Muslim community and its leaderships, including organizations and activists, have never stopped speaking up on what is right for Islam. Not because they have to, uh, because of media pressure. It is a personal responsibility. When, when something that is the most dear to me, my religion, my faith, is being defamed by people who claim to be Muslim, that is my moral duty to make it clear to the public. So 
Muslims have never stopped from speaking up and against uh, such such uh, barbaric behavior that has nothing to do with our faith. But what is good is that there is more mainstream coverage, and, and that doesn't include you because you've always done it before. You've always given us a space to express our sentiment and our views. But I, I wish I could say the same about everybody else. Uh, so I'm, I'm, we're, we're glad to see there's a growing interest within mainstream media and the public to pay attention to those voices that in the past we felt have been suppressed, not missing. They were there, but unfortunately didn't get the amplification uh, to be heard by the public. Is there some kind of a march that Muslims are going to have uh, against violence, showing that they're peaceful and that Islam is peaceful, or is, did my mother get that one wrong? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I think I've heard about a couple of uh, marches. There's one that is organized uh, by, by community members, Muslim community members in Florida area, I think probably the Orlando area specifically, if I'm not mistaken, but I know it's in Florida. However, I, I can tell you there's a debate within the Muslim community, whether doing something on our own is the best way. I, th- I personally feel that it's better to work with others. For example, yesterday there were vigils all over the country organized by local communities, by very diverse communities, to show solidarity and, and stand together, especially with, with our friends uh, in the LGBT community. Um, I, I feel these type of uh, actions of solidarity send a better message of unity rather than uh, dividing, us, uh, dividing up our communities into sub-communities. That is one. The second item of it, the second reason that I, I, I'm concerned about such rallies is that when you hold these rallies, um, unfortunately, no matter how many people you have, as, as it is with any other community, uh, most people are either apathetic or, or, or busy to participate about in, in these things. You know, they, they do condemn them. They do hate uh, such violence. Uh, but they might not be willing to drive the distance to go and attend the rally. So now that's a very valid point. You don't want 50 people to show up because then what? what you know what somebody in the media is going to say about that, right? Exactly. I mean, even if you have, if we have a rally in D.C. and 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 let's say half a million Muslims show up, uh, you know the the the, the next uh, debate is going to be on some right wing uh, website. Is you well. Four, you know, five and a half million Muslims refuse to participate in, in a rally condemning terrorism. So they must be all terrorists. So you, don't, you never win if somebody's supporting on this premise. You never win. So the best thing to do is to continue to engage with media, with the public, and with the, with the other segments of, of the American public. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Hussam Ailoush. Uh, he is here in uh, Los Angeles, Executive Director of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, CARE. We'll be back with him. If you have questions, because phone, join us. I'll try and get you to ask those. I have a lot of them on Twitter. Follow him at Hussam A, H-U-S-S-A-M-A. Back after this. doing that with a friend of mine, a regular guest on the program, Executive Director of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, CARE, Hussam Ailoush. Hussam, so much to talk about. Um, First of all, there is a lot of talk today, I had to talk about it today, about what we call this. And as you know, Hussam, especially those on the right, our GOP or friends, they really love to say radical Islam. Donald Trump says it over and over and over and over. Said Hillary wouldn't say it, she would say it. Two things. One, 
Does that bother you as a Muslim to hear the term, quote, radical Islam? And two, do you agree with me that, excuse the phrase, what difference does it make saying it or not saying it doesn't prevent it or stop it in the future? Exactly. I mean, I'll start with the second part, which is saying it or not saying it doesn't help in any way other than actually legitimizing those terrorists, because that's exactly what they claim. They claim to be Muslim. And let's face it, the word, the word radical itself, the adjective radical, is not necessarily a bad thing. Being radical means going to the roots. So by saying radical Islam, meaning we're linking Islam, the teachings and the faith of Islam, followed by 1.6 billion Muslims who are peaceful for the most part, who are caring or tolerant, and linking them with a barbaric group that unfortunately brings or uses the name Islam in its name, the Islamic State, so-called Islamic State, but has nothing to do with Islam. So by insisting on using uh, the word Islam, uh, whether it's radical or not, in describing this group, all we're doing is we're actually doing, their, doing them a service. We're, they would have paid us uh, to get that claim, because that's what they, li- they, they like to claim. And number two, what it does, it alienates the same people, the very same people we need uh, in, in our fight against such groups. Uh, that is the Muslim world, the Muslim people. What we're doing is we're eliminating that gray area, that, that people, people in the middle, people who are Muslim, who, are, who, who reject ISIS, who are sitting there and wondering, why, am I being, why is my faith being targeted, either by ISIS or, in this case, some of these right-wing groups? And unfortunately now, even uh, Hillary Clinton uh, said that she would start using, or she has no problem using the word radical Muslims. I hope she revisits that decision. Let's talk about um, gay uh, people or the LGBT community. Um, I've read the Quran cover to cover. Uh, I did not memorize it. And I know you know it far better than I. And as you know, Hussam, especially in times like these, and, and ever, ever since 9-11 and even before, there are people that uh, try and claim there are things in the Quran that are not or twist and pervert things in the Quran, just like ISIS does. Um, so I'm going to ask you point blank. Does the, does the Quran say to kill all gays? Absolutely nowhere in the Quran that it says that or indicates, refers, or could be understood that. There's absolutely nothing in the Quran that could indicate that. However, I would want to say something so I, I, I'm also clearly understood. Islam's view, or the Muslims' views, to be clear, on, on homosexuality in general, is, or, or the views are as diverse as the ones held by Christians and Jews. So, you know, they, they range from the far left, liberal, to the far right. Muslims, Christians, Jews, they have those views. However, with that said, there's absolutely nowhere or anything within that range that would allow or justify or excuse the, 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 the criminal, horrendous act or senseless act committed by uh, Omar Mateen uh, in, in Orlando, or what ISIS does also with people it, it deems uh, uh, homosexual. So, so the reality is, regardless what the views of Islam, Christianity, or Judaism might be, and, and how, how diverse they might be on the issue itself of homosexuality, uh, there is absolutely no justification. There is, for me, so for me, even discussing that uh, might also falsely legitimize what 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 this person, what this monster, has done. What he did is is uh, is, is based on either we don't we don't we don't know all the facts yet. But definitely he's somebody who is deranged, 
someone who's unstable, somebody who is either filled with hatred or or just acting uh, uh, based on some 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 very extremist uh, views that he might have. And I want to talk about that. Um, to the um, d- differing ideas regarding gays, there are people that were tweeting and putting today that <clears throat> Muslim countries kill you if you are gay. Um, first of all, is that true? And I just want to be clear so people have facts. 74 countries in the world, uh, it is illegal to be homosexual. Russia is one of them. 16 of them are Muslim. So you do the math. And I just want to say that. Now, the punishment for being gay may uh, differ from country to country. Uh, but Hussam, as far as you know, in Muslim countries, it's against the law to be um, gay. Is that correct in, in Muslim countries? And is it punishable in all of those countries by death? Sure. One first thing to say, there are 57 Muslim-majority countries, or countries with a Muslim majority, 57. So let's put that. Trying to understand or read a Muslim country, you know, generic Muslim country, by, by, by lumping or generalizing against all of them is, is, is impossible. The way it is to say, well, in Christian countries, well, is Russia a Christian country or America or Sweden a Christian country? None. None represents a religion, the reality is, including those who might claim it, such as Iran or Saudi Arabia, for, for reasons we all know. If, if anything, they might be the farthest from the practicing uh, of, of the teachings of Islam. So the reality is the countries are diverse. In, in many of these countries, uh, and that, that applies to Muslim-majority countries, Christian-majority countries, many of, of the third-world countries in Africa and Asia, uh, homosexuality, extramarital affairs, uh, are illegal. You, you cannot have that. Now, what's the punishment depending on the countries? Some countries, they, they, they just give you a warning. In other countries, they don't. it's just a law on the book that they rarely apply. And again, I'm not just talking about homosexuality. I'm talking about including relationships between unmarried people. Right, adultery, yeah. Saudi Arabia, adultery. my understanding of Saudi Arabia is if you steal... Um, they cut off like a finger, you steal again and cut off a hand, you do it again, you die. I, I mean, now that may be awful, but I'm saying that that I follow your train of thought for people that are saying, oh, Muslim countries are killing gay people. No, there are Muslim countries that use death as a punishment for many of uh, the, uh, violations or breaking of their laws. Uh, so I get that uh, with you. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I want to I want to I play this. I heard Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I want to say something because before we get bogged down and, and pulled into the laws and the politics and the foreign policies and foreign practices in many countries around the world, it is important to focus on us here. And I have to say, as a civil rights activist, and I've been doing this for the last 20 years or so, uh, our closest allies, our most reliable and consistent allies have been members and activists within the LGBT community. They've been with us. Uh, we've worked together on issues dealing with school bullying, uh, discrimination at the workplace, hate crimes, hate incidents, and so on. And I know some people say, like, oh, my God, this is news to us. It is not news to those who have been active in the civil rights work. Uh, so, so for us, for them being with us in solidarity for the last so many years, the least we can do is stand with them in solidarity, in, in true, unconditional, heartfelt solidarity. Uh, during their very difficult time now. And, and, and we all stand together because, as the president said, an attack on any American is an attack on all of us. So it, it is important to focus on that great relationship that exists, great friendship that exists. We might not agree on everything. And, you know, within the Muslim 
community, we don't agree on everything. Within the same family, we don't agree on everything. But we agree that we're one family, all of us. We agree that all of us deserve to live in, in freedom of, uh, and feeling secure, safe in our own country, free of, of hate, free of discrimination, free of such crimes. Uh, that is the mutual respect we owe to each other. Absolutely. Donald Trump spoke today, as did Hillary Clinton. I thought Hillary Clinton was eloquent. She pointed on so many uh, areas, uh, including guns, including ISIS, including a plan. And Donald Trump, well, here's a little bit of what he had to say. And I have to say, I, as an American, uh, was almost physically ill that this man could be our president. But, But here's what he had to say. I called for a ban after San Bernardino and was met with great scorn and anger. But now, many years, and I have to say, many years, but many are saying that I was right to do so. And although the pause is temporary, we must find out what is going on. We have to do it. It will be lifted, this ban, when and as a nation we're in a position to properly and perfectly screen these people coming into our country. They're pouring in, and we don't know what we're doing. Hussam, I want you to speak to me about this and this uh, type of rhetoric. I want to encapsulate a bunch of things that Trump has uh, led uh, led to. There are people today talking on the heels of Trump's speech um, about how Muslims come here and they're not American. That in World War One, Germans came here, they became American, they were no longer Germans. By the way, we used to not use the term Nazi because we didn't want to uh, offend uh, the Germans over there, but... Um, you know, you heard what Trump said about the ban. Um, you know, uh, people like myself have said this guy was American born. And then people are like, yes, but his parents could have been banned. And I'm thinking, well, how far back do we go? We could go back to Jeffrey Dahmer's parents if we wanted, uh, that somewhere in his lineage, because we're all immigrants in this country at some point. Um, so I, I want you to talk to us about, as a Muslim and a leader in the Muslim community and knowing your community, how does it feel to hear the presumptive Republican nominee for president of the United States of America Speak to this and, and try and make it sound nicer in that soundbite when it really isn't. And, and we'll talk more. He's talked about, you know, the Muslims not reporting. He's talked about the responsibility of Muslims in Orlando. And like I said, we'll get all to that. But just first to Trump and to this ban, what, what that feels like is that because I feel he is demonizing Islam and specifically Muslims and making you guys to, to sound like you're not American and that you don't love this country, and that just because some of the women may cover their heads or whatever, you, you know, you're not quote, fully assimilated into this country. And, I, and, and I'm not a Muslim American, and that makes me sick to my stomach. So how do you feel when you hear comments like this coming from the presumptive GOP nominee? Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's really saddening. It's, uh, you know, I, I can't even explain that to my kids who were born and raised in this country, who, who probably hope, aspire to be something in this country professors, teachers, president maybe, when they hear that from, from one of the leading candidates. Uh, what he's saying is actually could be described as the textbook def- definition of bigotry, uh, by blaming a whole group of people on the basis of the behavior of one. Uh, what he's doing is, is, is actually showing his ignorance. It's, it's, it's shameful, it's immoral that anyone, let alone uh, a, a supposedly a presidential candidate, to act in such an irresponsible, shameful, immoral way by exploiting a tragedy. As we speak, there are still wounded people uh, in, in critical condition in the hospital. Uh, they, they haven't been even released, and he's, still, and he's yet 
has the audacity to exploit their pain, exploit a tragedy that has touched everyone in America in order to score a few votes here and there in this country by, by exploiting the fear, by promoting fear in this country. So I, 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 I'm puzzled that, that he gets support. You know, for me, I, I wonder what type of people are willing to demonize a whole group of people who, who have made it clear again and again that they stand unequivocally against such terrorism. And then to target, talk, talk about banning Syrian refugees. These are the same people who have been victimized by ISIS and the Assad regime. These are the same people who have lost loved ones, their parents, their fathers, their mothers, their husbands, fighting against ISIS or as victimized by ISIS. It's, it's really there are no words to express how immoral and how low uh, uh, Mr. Trump is on this one. And every time I think he has reached his lowest bottom, he comes back and surprises me and many others that there is yet more low than what we've, what we've seen. It's, it's not, this is the time when we need leaders who can unite the country, who can prov- provide hope, unity, provide solidarity among Americans. And, and then what, what do we get? We get someone who's irresponsible and who's actually creating a wedge among Americans that might take years to repair. This is not about Americans versus Muslims. What he's doing is actually creating divisions within our own country, let alone the fact that, as I said earlier, what he's doing is playing into the hands of ISIS. ISIS, I have no doubt that ISIS will be taking his, his speech and putting it in, into their next promo video to recruit people. Right. To, tell, to, to tell them, listen, this is what we're up to. You know, a whole West that hates Muslims. Come to us so we can defend. I, I have heard, Hussam, that people fighting in Syria and Iraq against ISIS on the front lines, and these are Muslims, say it's harder for them to get people to fight ISIS when there's rhetoric like this coming from people like Donald Trump or others in the West. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back uh, with Hussam, and it may be real brief or it may be longer. Hussam, if you can stay with us, don't go away. Our guest is Usam Ailush, Executive Director of the Council on American-Islamic Relations. Usam, thank you for holding a welcome back. I have seen signs at Trump rallies that say Muslims for Trump. How does this happen? <laughs> I don't know. A very good question. I think there are those who are uh, in belief. I mean, the Muslim community is as, as diverse uh, and non-monolithic as any other community. So there are those probably within the Muslim community who feel that uh, and I've heard somebody say that, that, hey, well, you know what, Trump is just, this is all a show. Trump is a good guy, and he's not racist. Look, he has worked with everybody. And, and it, in a sense, it's true that he has worked with a lot of people because he's a money-driven person. Many of his partners, by the way, that, that shows the hypocrisy. Many of his partners uh, are, are people in the Muslim world, yeah. uh, some of them among the most corrupt of the rulers and, and, and business people, and they're Muslim. And how come they're not saying anything? How come they're not saying, hey, dude, I'm going to stop writing checks or doing business with you? Uh, well, some did. There, there, were, there were a couple of business people in the United Arab Emirates who, who made that public. Others are as corrupt as him. They don't care about principles. They don't care about harmony and tolerance in the world. They're money-driven, and maybe they are happy to see their friend make it to high, higher places. So even as American Muslim, there, there might be some people who are fooled by that, thinking that, well, uh, maybe because they themselves have some right-wing views, and that could happen. Not all Muslims are good. Not all Christians are good. There are, right. there are, there are those who, unfortunately, are driven by other values. Okay. Um, Sharia law. There are people that said uh, today, you know, Muslims come here and they don't want to follow American law. They want to follow Sharia law. Is this just complete ignorance? It's complete ignorance. And I'll tell you what I tell 
Muslims, actually, in, in my sermons, in my talks. I, I, and I mean that, and I don't say that as a PR. There is no better place in this world, no other country in this world, in which Muslims have better rights that are protected and better chances to practice their religion and their Sharia than in America today. Okay. Our Constitution is a reflection of this Sharia because it promotes freedom, justice, equality among people. That is, these are the basic values of our Islamic Sharia. Hussam, and lastly and quickly, um, Donald Trump said Muslims need to tell on the bad guys. And I, 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 you were probably shaking your head because I know that you and CARE have worked with uh, federal law enforcement officials, as has other Muslims throughout this country, in and outside of mosques in the community, to do just that, correct? In many cases, actually, to talk almost a majority of the cases, the, the FBI and law enforcement will tell you that they, they, all the preventions have, have been as a result of, of uh, tips coming from Muslims reporting. And unfortunately, many other cases were the result of informants sent by, by the FBI entrapping people. So, the, you know, this issue probably deserves a, a whole different interview to discuss the details of it. But the reality is we are American, all of us, including American Muslims. Any harm to my country, to my neighborhood, will impact my neighbors, my friends, my, my colleagues, my Christian relatives. I have Christian relatives. I have Jewish relatives. I have Muslim relatives. My kids go to the same schools with their fr- friends. Who would imagine in their right mind that an American with, 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 with common sense, with good heart, whether they're Muslim or otherwise, would allow anyone to cause harm to our neighborhood? Thinking otherwise shows me that he has a sick mind. This person either has a sick mind or is willing to use anything, to exploit anything to get to that position, to that office. All right. Thank you so much for being with us. I, I always appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Hussam Ailoush of CARE here in Southern California.